podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I was going to say, I was, do you remember today the one, the, the chant that went, uh, Theo, to the, Theo to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle, Giroud. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. I did not remember that. So I don't know if you just made it up, but anyways, guys, welcome back to the Callum Podcast and Arsenal have won again, you know, but we're not celebrating. We are here to mm-hmm. give you a very angry reaction because, of course, 5-0 should have been 6-7. and seven. You know, how could we not score more goals? It's a disgrace. Disgrace, yeah. As the Carter would say. It's a disgrace. But lads, another victory and Arsenal are moving up to second place in the table. Title race is getting intriguing, Alex. What do you, what do you reckon? We're flying, baby. We're flying, mate. It's so good. It's so good. Look, like, I was trying to think, when was the last time the vibes were this good around Arsenal? Probably, like, early last season? Question? Yeah. Yeah? It's it's one of those ones where the vibes are good right now, but I feel like fans are ready. When I say ready, like, last in the title race, it was more like, surprise, oh my God, we're here. Mm. Fans right now are like, okay, we won 5-0, we won 6-0, cool, what's next? Like we're looking yeah. forward, like we're almost like we're ready with the team for the title race. And I often talk about Arsenal fans maturing. It feels like we're starting to a little bit, just just a little bit. But of course, one little defeat, and I'm sure it will explode again. George, that's, that's funny actually. Yeah, cause I never thought about that. Yeah, like a fa- can a fan base itself mature? It'll get used to it. That's what it like is. Like with a team, get used to title yeah, races. Get used to get yeah, used to because, you do, right? because it's like it's like Liverpool fans where they've been so used to find Man City for so long, where they win a game. And then obviously you're playing next, they're going, ah, let's see if they lose first before we start celebrating this. Yeah, I, I just, but also I think that there's this media uh, kind of craze that's going on right now that you have to be hyperbolically pessimistic. And it's just like, and it's to save yourself the disappointment. I've never understood yeah. that kind of weird obsession. It's, it's realistic, mate. It's, we're proper fans, mate. Yeah. We, want to, we want high standards. Yeah. High standards. Yeah. It's boring. That's how I see it. I see it as very boring. Well, I, I, I always people, like if I do a, 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 I know, a live stream on someone else's channel where it's like a, I'm fighting for Arsenal, mm-hmm. like I should be as an Arsenal fan, I'll have people in the comments saying he's delusional. I'm an Arsenal fan. Well, so, so yeah, you're, talk... you're biased. It's like, yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> of course I'm biased. I mean, that's why I support Arsenal. But it's That's the reason why I'm biased. Yeah, but... It's like calling Arteta biased towards Arsenal. And yes, also, like, he's I, the manager. Of I when you hear other, <laughs> you know I mean? When you hear like other commentary that does the exact same thing to the other way, I look, I always say this online, it's two sides of the same coin, right? And uh, you're, you're not here to police, I think, how people can react to football you react how you want to react but i just think that there's this push and this move to realism which is being uh you know kind of brought up in the same token as i'm just going to be pessimistic i'm just gonna if you're gonna give me the least or two scenarios i'm gonna give you the one that does the worst for the team and that way even when i'm wrong i can say i'm right or i'm happy because the team's winning and yeah, and it's just yeah. this weird. I I don't view life that way. I'll be honest with you. I it's really like my don't. prediction for us to come second. I win either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the thing the thing is right. I think nowadays fans have forgotten why they support Arsenal or support their club in general. Yeah. Like out of all the teams in the Premier League, you got nineteen teams, or twenty teams. Sorry, nineteen won't win the title. So is that a failure for them? That oh yeah, the fans yeah. didn't have fun all season. Uh, these guys that sit there and go win, 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 amazing. But you're a fan. You're watching for fun, not because you get the medal at the end of the day, because you don't get the medal. All you get to do is watch it on the TV and go, well done, lads. That's boring. So have a little bit of fun in the way. I'm not saying over-celebrate and, and, you know, but if you have to, to have fun, then go for it. If that's what makes you happy, then over-celebrate. Mm-hmm. But just not it's, after it's five an, nils. It's, it's anal- no, certainly not. It's just, it's analogous to life. If you, if you only celebrate, like what, on your graduation day 
and on the day you get promoted to at work, you're just going to have the most miserable life. Like, and also those things are external achievements. It's all about how you feel about it. And exactly. I, you can only say how you feel. I feel so, and maybe like sort of coming to the team now, every phase of play, we are one of the, we are one of the best coached teams in world football. Name me a phase of play. So I'll tweet this out. Name me a phase of play set pieces high press counter press build up internal play um uh, direct play claiming cross it li- like li- name me anything you can do on a football pitch what aren't we dominating right now the coaching and that's the thing we can get lost in you know win lose draw you can get lost in what players are we signing mbappe let's be clear you know we can get lost in all of that Look at what we're doing. The only thing that matters is the football itself. And are we the best coach? And are we playing the best that we can be? Everything else takes care of itself when you are coached properly and when you play properly. And right now, we are unbelievable. Yeah. Very, very good team, you know. And I think just uh, trying to do like the, the devil's advocate nature is a lot of this is because we haven't won recently and in 20 years at least what i'm hoping for is that there's a little bit more maturity in how we approach difficult situations and an ability to just enjoy the moment i always throw this analogy out there it's almost like when you were a kid and you got like an a plus on a test your dad rewarded you i don't know about you guys like i got an ice cream i got like a little you know go out to mcdonald's for some chicken nuggets like you know (laughs) you can get a little one of those and it's just not good enough 100% 100 <laughs> percent needed. Yeah, exactly. And that was my mum, to be fair. Well, I mean, nine out of ten on the spelling test. Why not ten out of ten? Well, is it, is the... and, well and like, there's a bit of that, but like, you get a reward for something like a good test yeah. or a good midterm or like whatever you want to to talk about. And it's not because you've graduated with a degree. Like my parents didn't go, "Oh, well done, you got an A plus." Does that mean you've got your high school degree? Like, that's not how life is approaching so i just i I do think that we need to enjoy the moments and there's the difference between you enjoying the moments and you saying that this team is done like that's the hyperbolic Mm. part that it's like no just because i say i like waffles doesn't mean i hate pancakes and you know it's just it's one of those that i just are clear though yeah (laughs) Pancakes are clear. Let's be, yeah, Pancakes let's be absolutely clear. Be, yeah, I'm not <laughs> but in terms of all of that, I just think that the reading comprehension online has really taken, I don't want to be rude, but like, it's just, it's really gone downhill for me. And I don't know if that's just because there's this angst to win something. Like I'm trying to provide like yeah. a, a devil's advocate for how at least I don't I feel, but I think that has a lot to do with it. I reckon football's become more of boasting for rivals than actually having fun. Yeah. So us winning a title won't be because we can celebrate a title. It will be fans because they can go and put in the Twitter group chats a yeah. photo of Arsenal player with a title. If they get a little argument, they can reply with Arsenal player in the title. It's too much fighting and less like, okay, this is us. This is for us. It's for everyone else now, isn't it? And I think also, I think fans just realise that if we win a title this year, it will be the happiest it will be for a while because it's the first in 20 years. So if we go again next year to win a title, it won't be as happy or you, you'll be used to it because you'll have more expectations. Whereas that first title is it's the one that hits the most. And if we win it after 20 years, like it will be an amazing moment. So why would you waste 99% of the journey for that final 1% to be and And good? then, Babs, we will finally be happy. Once we win a title, I can't imagine anyone ever complaining about Arsenal ever again. Oh, it's no, no. It's not going to happen. It'll be why we're we not signing Mbappe. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why don't we expand the Emirates? <laughs> yeah, so anyways, yeah, yeah. trust me, there will be some weird arguments. Fans will always want something <laughs> yeah. to argue about. But yeah, 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 yeah. For, for now, we've, we've been a very well coached team, as Alex said, and 
on the, and on the game against Burnley, it was very well tactically done. So, George, let's break down tactics. What did Arsenal do so well in this game to rip Burnley apart five? Um, I think that confidence is a big thing. Um, I loved of the course. intent about how fast we started in general. I mean, uh, not that there was a reason to be upset at the 6-0 of West Ham, but there was just a period, and I think a couple of the players mentioned it in their post-match, where there was a 20-minute period where, where I think we were trying to figure West Ham out and take them out of their block. But the players did mention that they wanted to start faster, at least Mikel wanted to them too. And I think that is something that we're going to introduce back into our game a little bit as we approach the run-in, where we're going to focus and front-load our intensity in a sense. And I think we've done it all this season to try to, you know, of course, save fitness and make sure that we peak at the right time. But now we're hoping to peak. And part of that peak is making sure that the dominance, the control, but mainly the intensity of us meeting our markers and meeting teams is going to be top from the top of the match. And I think to, to end on something, uh, you know, the, the Kivior inversion is something that we're going to have to talk about and it probably deserves its own segment in general because I think it's been brilliant. I think that it's offered teams uh, a new way of looking at how to stop Arsenal that isn't ideal. Um, and it's weird because look at something that we on the channel at least have asked from Mikel. Like we love the fact that we invert but he's not flexible in terms of recreating that in different ways. And having Ben White who has had defensive midfield sample in the past and you know look I, I've been online and I've said look in my opinion, before he was signed, we would see a right-back transition. Then we would see him potentially move back into defensive midfield. And we've talked about it here on the pod in terms of one of my tactical shouts. Like, I think Ben White's ability on the ball is one of the best in the squad. I think his ability to find Martin Odegaard high and wide early in possession was really important when he was in build-up in these matches. And I think that he wasn't always inverted. There was a level of... Uh, there was a level of fluidity where if, you know, Ben kind of dropped out of that zone and, you know, Martin would drop deep, we didn't lose any of our progression, but also the team didn't lose any of its efficiency in terms of building from the back. Whereas I feel like even with Zinchenko, who does that brilliantly at times, there's a level of uh, kind of rigidity in that transition. I don't see the kind of left central midfielder that we've got in that zone able to effectively drop and build up to the same degree that a Martin Odegaard does on the right. So when we're looking at that inversion, I don't think it's just, oh, white inverted, give yours a little bit wider. What does that mean? There's a little bit more fluidity and there's a little bit more doubt because I think when you're looking at the left-hand side, there isn't that same uh, kind of reliant or reliability of that person to drop into build up. And we had that last year, I think, with Granite Shaka more than we have with Kai Havertz, Fabio Vieira, whoever you want to insert your favorite midfielder to be. The person that is inverting on the same side, I feel, needs to have a partner that can do the same. It creates doubt. And I just think that the previous dynamic had a lot more... Uh, predictability to it. If I know Zinchenko is the one who will invert, I play for that. I coach for that. And if I know that nobody else is going to invert really along that side, then I can control for the qualities of that person that's inverting. So the fact that Ben White inverts means, okay, here, I know that he doesn't love 1v1. Uh, I can't leave him enough time on the ball. I need to be high and press. But then if he goes out wide and Martin Odegaard 
is the one that's filling in. I can't high impress because he's a brilliant person at reta- retaining the ball. So that, that again, I think is kind of the dynamic that worked really well for us. Um, I think no matter what we did, we would have done brilliantly against Burnley, but I just wanted to talk that inversion a little bit more because I think it's a little bit more than just saying Ben White do the Zinchenko role <laughs> and boom, it's good. It's not. And, I've, and I've, I agree, the defensives and, and that part of Mikel Arteta adapting is very impressive because it's something that fans demanded for a long time of him adapting to players when players are injured. And the fact that we've got no Timber, no Zinchenko, no Jesus, no Partey, we're, we're actually flying right now to the best standard we've seen under Mikel Arteta, I'd say. The football we're playing right now is defensively we get, we've not given a shot away in the last game, two in the last three. And going forwards, we're making chances. And I think I want to f- focus on that forward aspect because I think that's where fans are most excited, Alex. Because Arsenal are actually scoring goals and they're flying into the back of the net, especially after that December, January period of time where we were struggling to even take a shot on target. Havertz and Trossard, new combination mm. that Mikel Arteta has turned to. What do you make of it? Yeah, I love it. I really love it. I mean, I love it to the point where you look at the Jesus return and <laughs> look at me in the eye. I'm not saying Jesus doesn't get in Arsenal's team. Oh, so you I'm hate Jesus I, now, don't you? Exactly. Thank you for picking up. Perfect. Brilliant. No, no, they, they, just, they, just, they just heard you hate Jesus at this point. They don't even yeah, hate yeah, Jesus. I hate Jesus. I hate Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, yeah, that I think... I'm, so sorry, I'm, I'm going I'm, to stop this because it's become the opposite <laughs> meme at this point. It started as a meme and it's now just what people do online. Um, yeah, the, the, um, yeah, I think it comes to the point where you start to say, does Je- does Jesus come straight back into the does team? That's, that is, does does Jesus Christ come? To the team? <laughs> Jesus Christ would get in our team. Let's say, let's I reckon. Yeah, I reckon he would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked miracles. Um, but yeah, I think he. Yeah, that is a question because I love how they uh, they work. They have Scott Willis put it perfectly on on um, X. They have such a brilliant understanding of when to drop and when to stay, and they both play those roles in different ways, which I love. I think Trossard is a little bit more. Maybe let's use the word wriggly when he's in the middle. He's a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit sharper. Maybe can take it more in the block. Maybe holds on to it a little bit longer. Habits maybe is a bit more, gets out of his feet a bit quicker. Maybe is a bit more dually, a bit more aggressive. And then in the nine, Habits is a bit more, I think, a little bit more back to play. Trossard does more runs in behind. So they're just a little bit different in terms of how they, how they operate in those two zones because they're different players. But I love the dynamic. And the, the real thing, and again, it kind of goes back to what George was saying, and I think it's, it's a really good point in terms of more tactical flexibility around who comes inside. A part of that, <coughs> forgive me, part of that is the um, is the timber signing as well. I think that was going to give us flexibility on both sides to invert both ways. Um, I think that's part of that that signing as well to, to just give more more flexibility. And I think this gives us more flexibility. Havertz playing left eight. What does that mean? It actually means he can drop into the nine role at a certain point. It means he can pull out at certain points. It means he can go wide. It means he can go sort of anywhere. We're developing a team and a system where players have a, a sort of a felt understanding. Mikel's not saying go and stand there now. They're saying, I think in this moment of the game right now, there's been a little bit of maybe a lull. I'm going to go stand here, see what happens, see, see which defenders that pulls. That kind of one brain thing is really, really beginning to develop. And I, and I absolutely love it. It's, you know... Mikel can sit there and coach all he wants, all of the automatisms and all the things, and we've seen that kind of robot football. Now what we're seeing is is a is a commitment to this this thing of going, okay, Martinelli's tucked in there, I'm going to respond as my left back, I'm going to go here. And when you have players like Ben White who go, right, Saka's gone inside, I'm comfortable in this zone, so I can go there. It takes time to get those profiles. The one thing I'll end on is another thing that, that came up while George was speaking, was the Burnley 
Burnley at the beginning of the match, I thought were actually set up really well. I thought the first 10, 15 minutes, Burnley actually compact, getting out to us quickly. They look really, really nice and really sharp in, the, in their block. And then it fell apart. Conversely to Arsenal, 86 minutes, Martinelli is still tracking his runners, 5-0 up inside. Th- that level of commitment to your team and to your coach, that's what's part of one of the, one of the many reasons that's got us here. We were still tracking our runners. We were still... I think there was a moment where Kivior shows someone inside from the left back into the centre circle and just pushes and pushes and pushes them all the way at like 92 minutes. How many? There was like 10 minutes of, of added time. So it's yes, it's all the tactical stuff as well, but there is that level of commitment and aggression and the the what we would call the fogging S standards, as Mikel would say, that is that is allowing us to play this kind of football. And I, I just think I wanted to, to to shout that out because it's all very well having an idea, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, yeah. Vincent Company has an idea, sure, you know, for what his team should be to to stop Arsenal, but it's the commitment to play that through the entire match and the energy levels to do that and to peak at the right time, which I think we're doing. It's, it's mad because I would say that's almost Diego Simeone-esque. I, I don't think I saw a clip you in the game before against West Ham of like seven Arsenal players on the line ready to block a shot. That's that's how committed these Arsenal players are. And even the clip of Bruce Nelson in this game, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, of him like screaming no in the 98th minute as a Burnley player to try, uh, tries to take a shot outside the box. The players are committed to it. And, and I love up. the fact... <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. The systems-wise, I think Arsenal probably are right now. They were the best, in, best as the best in the league. Off the ball. And now on the ball as well. And I think going forwards, the creativity has reached like brand new standards. And we were talking about early in the year, can we score enough goals to win a title? 11 goals in the last two games. Like 21 plus in the past. Sighting's working, Alex. Can I, can I offer an apology to George? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network.